Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. This is amazing. Ice how, come, cold. how come you're the only one that gets it? There's because there's, it was the bottom of the thing. Mm, story of your life, bottom of the barrel. Yeah, that's where I get my clothes. clothes I found in the road. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boys and girls, how are you? Steve Tellinawan is good to be with you on a Tuesday afternoon. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula Highway 83 and Celia online at kurtzpolaris.com. Uh, you can find us on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com, and you can listen live there on the stream. The stream available all the time thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, Coulter, uh, we had Sean Rainey in here talking about the Grizzlies and their uh, dominant performance on Saturday. But as Bobby Houck and every player on his team will tell you and every coach on his staff will tell you, we're happy to be 1-0. And now it's on to Idaho State. And the Idaho State Bengals come to Missoula after uh, a hugely impressive win over Portland State. And a lot of people may push back and go, well, it's, you know, it's Portland State. Of course, they're going to go score 54 points. Uh, not so fast. I think this Portland State game, uh, team has, has performed better than, uh, than, than Idaho than, State. No, no, no. Portland State. I think the Portland State team has been better, and Idaho State put it on them. Right. You know, Idaho State pounded Portland State, and I thought that was impressive. It wasn't just, you know, uh, uh, let's put it like this. I, I, I thought Idaho State and Portland State were very much like opponents. And Idaho State said, no, 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 we are not like opponents. Idaho State is the dominant team of these two, and they, they housed the Vikings on Saturday. And this is a very, very good offense coming in to uh, play the Grizz in their homecoming. And when you look at the Montana's home schedule, I mean, it's a, it's a heck of a schedule. They got Idaho, which, you know, okay, but it's a rivalry. You got Weber State, 
at home. You got Idaho, and then uh, who's who's the fourth game? I got to look up. That's the home game for the Grizzlies. But there's some really good games. And you low okay, Idaho State. Well, this is the this is sort of the other of the conference games. Well, I don't think so. Not with the way Rob Fennessy's got it going down there in Pocatello, and with the clout, the outstanding talent that this team has offensively. This is going to be a really fun game. This could be a very high scoring game on Saturday. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, you can't underestimate anybody in the big sky. That's the cliche, but it's also just the truth. And if you underestimate, I mean, Idaho State has four of their five starters back on their offensive line. They are replacing their quarterback, but yeah. Matt Strzok can spin it, no doubt. Six touchdowns on 16 receptions, or 14 receptions. 14 completions last week, yep. And uh, he... Here's the thing, is... There's so many different systems, but when you have a system like theirs where it's so specific, you're going to run so much run-pass option and then throw the ball down the field, chuck it. It's pretty easy to recruit that spot because all you got to say, for the, if you're recruiting a junior college guy, maybe you can get a guy that's a little bit out of your league because you just say, hey, dude, you want to come throw 30 touchdowns? Does maybe that sound go, fun? Maybe you go get a professional baseball player. <laughs> right. Like, Do you want to come throw to this 27-year-old guy who runs straight 4-4 and has a 40-inch vertical? He's maybe the best athlete in the entire Big Sky Conference. Yeah. Pretty good selling point. But then you add in the fact that they're pretty good up front on the offensive line. And then you add in the fact... Here's the thing. The reason Idaho State's been able to be prolific on offense the last couple of years is not necessarily because of Tanner and Mitch Guller and Mikey Dean as much as it's been their ability to run the ball, which then helps those guys get open. Like, you watch that Idaho film last year when they dropped 62 on the Vandals. They just thrashed them. And it's because Idaho, first of all, is playing man coverage. But then every time Idaho State ran the ball, they gashed them. And so then Idaho's, Idaho would start creeping, creeping. And then, boom, play action. Touchdown. Play action. 30-yard gain. And it's just one thing leads to the next. If you underestimate Idaho State, Mike Ferrer will mess around and score 45 on you for sure. Yeah. And it's going to be an interesting element for Coach Ferrer, who's the offensive coordinator there, and for Rob Fennessy, who's the head coach at Idaho State, because these guys have not faced Bobby Houck. Mike, Mike has coached at Idaho State and faced Montana when he was there the first time around. Before then, he joined Bob Stitt's staff, but he hasn't coached against Montana since leaving Montana when Bob Stitt was not was not renewed, and he's never gone against his mentor. And it's definitely an interesting deal. You know, if you, if you follow Mike Ferrer's story, and you can go check out SkylineSportsMT.com. Andrew Houghton wrote a great profile on Mike last year. Coach, I, I know Mike really well. He's a good friend of mine. But Mike is one of the smartest guys I ever met. He was good. He was getting his undergraduate in microbiology and neuroscience or something crazy, and he was going to go to med school. And then he had a terrible cancer scare. He got cancer when we were like 23, 24 years old, very young. And it, it shocked him and kind of made his life pivot. And he was like, you know what? Medical school sounds all fine and dandy, and I know I'd probably be a good doctor, but I want to be in football. I love football. And so he went and got a graduate. Isn't it interesting because a lot of people go, I got to do, I got to get, I got to go to med school. Right. Like if I'm a, but he goes, no, 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 no. I mean, might as, short. might as well have fun. I am going to do the thing that I care about. It's not even about having fun, right? It's right. about doing the thing that you that you identify as that 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 thing that does it for you. Totally, right? totally. And, and so Mike went and got on Bobby Hawk's staff at UNLV as a graduate assistant, and that was when Coach Fantasy was there. And you know, Coach Fenn was the OC when Mike was playing here, and he also was coaching receivers at the time. And so there's a lot of crossover in this game. But it would be such an interesting deal because sometimes that dynamic, when you first play your mentor, like when you first fight your dad, you can't handle it. You can't handle mm-hmm. 
because you just know that he he lords over you. But sometimes you can't wait to whip your older brother. Like you can't wait. Right. I'm finally big and strong enough. Let's go. So yeah. we'll see what that dynamic is like. As we're gonna have to wait till Saturday because nobody's gonna actually talk about it. Has Brooks ever whipped you? Oh yeah, the last time we fought. That's why it's the last time we fought. Very good. I mean, come on. Yeah, I was about 100 no, and then after one, after one loss, nope, that's good. I'm good. Retire. Never happening again. Retire. Not happening. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, Eastern Washington, uh, thank you, David, the other team that uh, Montana's playing at home. That's a heck of a home slate for the Grizzlies, by the way, in the conference. When you talk about Idaho State this week, who, you know, people, if you're paying attention, this is a good football team. And then just the names, Idaho, Eastern Washington, Weber State. That's the home conference schedules for the Grizzlies. Uh, Those are some matchups right there. Uh, Let's hear from Bobby Houck. Uh, This is yesterday from the press conference. Uh, The Monday press conference, even though it's Monday and it's close to Saturday, is always forward-looking to the next Saturday. Here's his comments, uh, opening remarks, primarily about Idaho State. Yeah, we're happy to be 1-0 in the big sky right now and certainly... Uh, fired up for homecoming week here in, in Missoula with Idaho State coming into town. So they uh, present a big challenge. They've got their quarterback back. Um, they've played really well with him in the game. Uh, they absolutely killed Portland State last week. I think they're up 41-7 at half, and obviously one going away. They're they're. Uh, I think they're they're extremely well coached. They've done an amazing job there. I mean, it's uh, historically uh, been a place where it's been a little up and down, and these guys have done a really nice job coaching there. They play hard. They're sound. Their scheme's excellent. Um, they're just they're they're a handful to prepare for. Um, I know they feel real strongly about their skill players, uh, particularly on the off side of the ball, offensive side of the ball, which uh, I agree with. Uh, and then you look at the defensive side of the ball. They're only giving up 20 points a game, or thereabouts. So this is uh, this is a dangerous, dangerous opponent, and, and they've got our attention early on in the week this week. So um, the programs know each other really well. The staffs know each other really well. Uh, numerous of their guys are uh, guys who've worked here and or alums of our place. So. Um, with that crossover, we're going to have to change some things, offense, defense, special teams, and, and try to keep them from knowing ahead of time what we're doing on any given play. And related to that, I had to ask Coach more specifically about going up against Rob Fennessy, who was his offensive coordinator at Montana and then again at UNLV, and this will be the first time they go head-to-head. Here's what he had to say about matching up against his uh, protege. Well, you know, I kind of – touched on it a little bit i think they're really well coached those guys do a good job and uh rob as well as their assistant coaches their strength coach is a guy that's been with us uh they're a fit looking good looking group i mean dan ryan does a great job in their weight room um you know that they they know they know how we do business um we we probably don't have quite as good an idea how they do it because we haven't been immersed in it but as I mentioned, we'll have to change a few things to counteract that. So there you go. Uh, Bobby talking a little bit about the guys, but more about just trying to deal with the fact that, uh, I mean, 
Rob Fennessy maybe doesn't know them all, but he knows a lot of the secrets, right? He, and, and by secrets, I'm talking about schemes. I mean, he knows what, what Bobby Houck wants to do intimately and was certainly a part of building some of that. Now, even with the space and the time at San Diego State and so forth, uh, they're going to have to figure out uh, a little cloak and dagger act here on Saturday. I think that's one of the most interesting talking points for us is just how that factor actually almost is irrelevant in this game because the schemes... First of all, football is so much different just in the 10 years since Rob Fennessey and Bobby Houck last coached together at Montana in 2009. It's so different. The proliferation of technology. Everybody talks about what do you run? Everybody runs everything now. Like you can have you can have sort of identities or tendencies, but everybody runs everything. Your identities is just who are your best players and what do they do well. Right, but like right? everybody runs a little bit of an RPO. Everybody runs a run-pass option. Somewhere along the line, you're going to run a run-pass option play. Cal Pauly, who runs a triple option, is going to run an RPO once or twice on Saturday. Right. They're just going to do it. All sorts of teams are going to run you know, variations of wide receiver screens and bubble screens and inside zone, counter, you know, out of the gun, the zone read, all that stuff. But the other thing is that, <laughs> and Rob Fennessey always jokes about this too. He says, because Rob Fennessey, his background was as a spread guy. He came to Montana after being the offensive coordinator at Cal State Northridge when they were throwing the ball all over the place. And then they yeah. dropped football, and they weren't in the big sky anymore. And then Fancy was at Wyoming for a couple years. And then he comes to Montana. And he was going to throw the ball all over the yard. And that's what Montana had been known for. And then in 2003, Bobby Hawk's first year, they had brought in Craig Oaks as a transfer quarterback from Colorado. Craig Oaks hurt his ankle. And so then there was kind of a mishmash of Who's going to play quarterback? So they kind of had to ham and egg it, and they even went went as far as to run the straight-up veer option with Kyle Sampson as the quarterback to right. beat Idaho in a legendary Bobby Houck win where they basically scrapped the whole offense and went with Kyle Sampson, this five foot nine slot receiver who used to play quarterback at Helena Capital, and they win an FBS game. But then the next year, I think people forget that Montana had some really good backs, including Justin Green, but that team threw the ball a ton. Craig Oaks threw 33, 34 touchdowns, and they went all the way to the national championship game. But then the offense evolved because of the personnel more than anything. Montana had multiple NFL-caliber offensive linemen, and they had multiple NFL-caliber running backs. So even if Rob Fennessey wanted to throw the ball over the place, Bobby Houck was like, well, we should give it to Lex Hilliard and, and Chase Reynolds. <laughs> Probably a good strategy. Uh, but... Fantasy that now, though, within the implementation of a lot of the stuff that Mike Ferreter has brought to the table, the offense looks wildly different than what anything that Montana ran the first time around here, and it looks a lot different than what Bobby Houck and, and Rob Fantasy ran at UNLV. And people also got to remember that Rob Fantasy got demoted and promoted multiple times at UNLV. He went from the OC to the receivers coach back to the OC, so they were sort of in flux that whole time as they were trying to find their identity there in Vegas as well. And you look at Montana, I mean, what Montana's running right now has, is nothing like what Rob Fennessy or Craig Paulson were running defensively when Bobby Hawk was here the first time. Kent Bear's scheme is just blitz-heavy, and it's all sorts of exotic, and you have multiple, you know, five, you have five defensive backs, including three right. safeties. I mean, the base is not even the, the same. The base is not even the same. I mean, yeah. Montana was straight up 4-3 traditional wide defensive ends, traditional inside true Mike linebacker, traditional Will linebacker, traditional Sam linebacker. You know, Craig Paulson's scheme is one of the most simplistic schemes ever. It works so well because everybody spread the ball every single time, and there was no excuse to never to do anything but that. And then you look at what Montana's running on offense right now. I mean, it is a world away from what they were running back then. And I think that's a, a huge testament then to 
the coaching staff this year, too, at Montana. But Frank Ogler from the Missoulian asked Bobby, hey, do you see any similarities in the scheme? And he said, no, we've all evolved as coaches to the point where there's, there is nothing from the past that influences how we prepare yeah. for this game today. Right. Or this week. To tell Nuanas, one or two ninety ESPN radio, SWX Montana Television. Uh you mentioned it uh earlier, but Matt Struck is the quarterback for Idaho State. He steps in, he's a, a, a junior college transfer and a really good quarterback. Fourteen of twenty three for three hundred thirty two yards and hello, six touchdowns against Portland State. And uh even if uh, the Portland State defense isn't the Montana defense and it's not, uh that's a heck of a performance. And uh, Bobby Houck was asked about that. You want to play Okay. Play. All right, here we go. Bobby Houck. Talking about Matt Struck, Idaho State's quarterback. Well, he's he's good at a lot of things. Uh, you know, you you look at their production when he was out, when he went out in the Utah game, and then didn't play against Northern Iowa. It was a completely different offensive team in terms of their production. Uh, with him being back in the mix and healthy, they're a whole different beast. Uh, they really believe their offensive skill players to be the best in the league. Maybe they're right. Uh, they're awfully good. So he throws it up to them. He's accurate, and they go make plays. And if you look at the – you guys will get a chance to catch some of the Portland State highlights, but if you look at the way they were up on them big, like once they got it rolling, it was it was unreal. And then you can go back to – and this is more about the wide receivers, but you can go back to their game against Idaho last year or – the first three quarters of their game at Davis last year. I mean, they just lit people up. It's uh, it's eye-opening. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. There you go, Bobby Hook. Hauk, get get the name right sometimes, uh, talking about Matt Struck, the uh, Idaho State quarterback. Sometimes there's schemes that have a lot of fluidity in it, which Mm -hmm. Montana's defensive scheme does have a lot of fluidity Mm -hmm. in it. Portland State's scheme, the flex, it has a lot of detail around it, but there's not a lot of fluidity in it. The two guys on the outside on Portland State's defense play man. They straight up play man. You guard that guy in front of you, that is it. Against Idaho State's offense, if they start running the ball, good luck. It's exactly what happened to Idaho last year. I hate to keep hearkening back to that game, but Idaho would not get out of man. They had nothing to adjust to. Idaho State said, great. Tanner Goer threw eight touchdown passes in that game, almost every single one of them on the same play. 
Because if Mitch Guller gets a step on you, he's gone. And if and you put he is going to get a step on you. He is going to get a step. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. I think that's one thing that Grizz fans, if you want to know who to watch for the other team, there's a lot of guys who get a lot of headlines, and Pocatello is kind of an outpost. Uh, they do get good local coverage, but they, for whatever reason, doesn't matriculate out through the rest of the league. They don't really have those na- the, those conference-wide stars oftentimes. Mitch Guller is the best receiver in the Big Sky Conference. I really think that. I think that he – the only reason I'm saying he's better than the Montana guys is because – He's a senior who also played multiple years of professional sports before he came to play college sports. He's an unreal athlete. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, you just throw it up to him. He's averaging 22 yards per catch for his career. Think of that. That's impressive. <laughs> that, is, uh, that, is, that is impressive. Well, it'll be a fun game uh, on Saturday, no doubt. And we want to send you. So here's what we want you to do. Starting right now, you can call 329-1899. 329-1899. Just give us your name, phone number, give us your information. And then we will select a name. Uh, on Thursday, and you will give us your best homecoming story. Okay? It's unrestricted. Doesn't have to be about the Grizzlies. Doesn't have to be about the Bobcats. Doesn't have to be about college. It could be high school homecoming. Whatever it is. Maybe not even your homecoming. Just your best homecoming story. 329-1899. Put your, num- uh, put your name in now. And uh, David will take your names back there. He'll take down the information and give that to you. The other way you can enter for tickets, just go on and uh, follow us on the old Instagram. 1029 ESPN, the handle on Instagram, 1029 ESPN. You go check that thing out and uh, and uh, enjoy it there as well. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. I'm excited uh, uh, about this. It is, Coulter, the 1st of October. And what a beautiful day. After that weekend, kind of a bummer, what a beautiful day October 1st has turned out to be. And we are very happy to have Matt Pauley, who does the pre- and post-game show for the Milwaukee Brewers, on with us to talk about day one, game one of the uh, MLB postseason. The Brewers at the Nationals in the uh, NL wildcard game. We'll have that for you on ESPN Radio coming up at the top of the hour. We're going to set you to the nation's capital. So Matt Pauly going to talk to us about the Brewers right after this. Hey, look up. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's satellite internet? That's right. High-speed internet delivered from a satellite right to where you live. When you're beyond the reach of cable and fiber internet, look up. Eagle Satellite is our community's authorized HughesNet retailer. With HughesNet, you'll have fast speeds, unlimited data with no hard data limits, and built-in Wi-Fi that you need. Eagle Satellite has proudly helped our community get online for 39 years, and this year they want to help you get connected too. For a limited time, you can get free standard installation when you order HughesNet. Call Eagle Satellite at 406-728-9999 at 728-9999 and see for yourself why HughesNet is America's number one choice for satellite internet. That's Eagle Satellite, 728-9999, Eagle Satellite and HughesNet, proudly connecting our community. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. 
ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Juan is 1029 ESPN Sports Center. For the third straight game, Will Disley has caught a touchdown for the Seattle Seahawks from Russell Wilson. Disley, a former Bozeman High School star, helped the Seahawks to a 27-10 win over the uh, Arizona Cardinals Sunday. The former Washington defensive lineman who started playing career offense for the first time in his career just three years ago had a career-high seven pass receptions for 50, 57 yards, and that score helped move the Hawks to 3-1 and one this season. Disley has now caught four touchdowns on the year and six touchdowns in eight career games, bounding back from a devastating torn patella tendon from a year ago. The Seahawks play the Rams Thursday. All action in the Seattle Seahawks right here on 102.9 ESPN Radio. Former Montana State standout Kelgen Blevins signed a training camp contract with the Portland Trailblazers on Monday. The contract gives him the opportunity to make the roster with training camp opening today. Six foot four forward is the cousin of Blazers superstar Damian Lillard. A weekend snowstorm in north-central Montana and expected low temperatures this week caused the MHSA to reschedule the state-class AA golf tournament. The tournament, which would be held, which will still be held at the Meadowlark Country Club in Great Falls, was originally slated to start this week. The event will now begin October 8th. And coming up at the top of the hour, the first game of the MLB postseason, the Milwaukee Brewers at the Washington Nationals and the NL wildcard game. 608, first pitch, right here on ESPN Radio. ready for the MLB postseason just like that. And right here with Tutel and Nuanas, we are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy and online at KurtzPolaris.com. Uh, Coulter, first week, first day of October is also the first day of the MLB postseason. Uh, MLB baseball, Milwaukee at the Nationals tonight in uh, game one of the, well, the one and only game, you know, wild card and also the AL wild card tomorrow night uh, right here on ESPN Radio. Looking forward to this. I know that your team, you know, my team, but I love postseason baseball, man. There's something about it where I turn a corner with baseball and it becomes, everything becomes so intriguing. The long sort of lack of action boringness that gets hung on baseball just goes out the window for me in the postseason because every single strategic part of it comes into play and it is constant throughout. I find it great, not to mention the crowd that's going to be there in Washington, D.C. tonight phenomenal. I mean, when you get 40,000 baseball fans going for it in a baseball stadium, the stress that is involved in it, it just is drenched in it, and it's wonderful. Yeah, man, I don't want to have my annual personal... Don't, don't be angry. ...personal therapy session don't about baseball. My, yes. my falling out of love with baseball encompasses all the things that I hate about myself and my regression to <laughs> the... The things that ill, the things that uh, plague modern society. But we're not going to go there because I do love postseason baseball as well, and I think that uh, these one-game playoffs are thrilling. I know that they're not what they're baseball, not baseball. Pu- they're not what baseball yes. purists right. want. I mean, a three-game right. series is what baseball is all about. Even right. when at the you know with the high school level, the juniors level, you're still going to play either in a tournament style or or whatever. But um, this is an interesting matchup tonight, no doubt, and I think that the 
playoff field has all sorts of really compelling storylines in it. Namely, the most the most fascinating one to me is the Minnesota Twins. I don't know where they came out of nowhere. I mean, hit the like, most like, home runs of any team ever. I mean, they hit three hundred plus home runs. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, totally amazing. I also just I just want so badly, so badly, someone, anyone, just beat the Yankees. Just don't let the Yankees. I mean, this Yankees team makes me sick. They, I, I'm serious, man. They're so stacked. How many games did they win? 103? Yeah, 103 games. I mean, just anybody. Go Rays. Go Twins. Go Astros. Go A's. Anybody. Just, I, But that's for here nor there. The most compelling of the playing games, though, Rays, A's will be good. But this, this tonight with uh, the Brewers trying to get to Max Scherzer and the Nationals, We'll see. It's going to be a fascinating one. Uh, well, you and I can talk about baseball all day long, but we should just let somebody talk about it who knows a little something about it, and that's what we do now. Well, off we go to the Rangich Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in the host of the pre- and post-game show on 620 WTMJ in Milwaukee. Pre- and post-game show for the Milwaukee Brewers who play the Washington Nationals tonight in the NL wildcard game. Matt Pauley joining us. Matt, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Ryan Coulter, I'm doing good. Appreciate you guys having me on. Well, we're certainly happy to have you on. Uh, we don't get a ton of MLB baseball out this way, shocking as that might be. <laughs> so we're certainly happy to have somebody who has uh, has been in it and on it. Let's start with the obvious. A, a one-game winner moves on, loser goes home, something that is really outside the norm, of course, in baseball, but makes for certainly an exciting night. Brandon Woodruff going for the Brewers, Max Scherzer for the Nationals. Woodruff, the less-known commodity outside of Milwaukee and Wisconsin. Talk to us about the starter tonight for the Brewers. Yes, yeah, so Woodruff's really good. He was an all-star this year. He was a late addition to the all-star team. Uh, the only issue with Woodruff is he got injured a couple months ago, and he missed about two months' worth of time with an oblique injury. And this is just going to be his third start since coming off the injured list. And he, we really don't know how long he's going to be able to go. It was the, when he first came off the injured list, the idea was to get him stretched out before the postseason. He pitched a couple innings in his first start. In his second start, he kind of developed some soreness and, and some uh, fatigue. So they got him out of there early again, and he never got that third start during the regular season. So there's a lot of question marks going into this game. Woodruff's been really good. We just don't know how long that arm is going to allow him to stay in the game tonight. So I mean, he and he had, I mean, eleven and three, I think, on the season, outstanding uh, uh, on the year. But what was it for Craig Council that said, "Okay, we want to give Woodruff the ball in this this one that we got to get"? Uh, he's the best pitcher on the staff. I think that's two innings, three innings, four innings. Of Brandon Woodruff, in all likelihood, is going to be two, three, four innings better than anybody else you have. And They've been really aggressive with their bullpen. Uh, the Brewers are especially good in the month of September when the rosters expand at going short starts, not allowing starters to uh, see a lineup a third time through, and then just throwing arm after arm after arm at teams. And it resulted in one of the best Septembers in franchise history. So you get the, the idea is to set the tone early on with Woodruff and then start the parade of relief pitchers after that. In these one-game playoffs the guy who's going to go as a starter is such a key factor and if you were going to there's a lot of guys you could make the case for as the number one guy you'd want going in a one game playoff but Max Scherzer has got to be one of them and I mean the guy's electric at times he's unhittable how do you expect Milwaukee to approach trying to get to Scherzer and is there any any level any level of intimidation with the fact that you have a, a former Cy Young winner sitting on the other side on the mound 
Yeah, let me start with the second part of that first, and I'll say no, there's not. <laughs> when you look, uh, when you look at what the Brewers have done in the month of September and some of the pitchers that they beat when they went on their really solid run, uh, they faced off against some really good guys and, and had some success. But as far as that, that doesn't mean that Max Scherzer isn't going to have a good night. I mean, he's a he's in all likelihood a future Hall of Famer. He's really good. I would just more than anything else, I think this is going to be a team that's going to try to wear Scherzer down. Uh, go deep into counts, force him to throw a lot of pitches, be very disciplined at the plate. So if Scherzer does make a mistake, they put themselves in the best situation to be able to take advantage of the mistake. The, the equation for the Brewers to win this game isn't go, you know, cause Max Scherzer to have a really bad night because in all likelihood that's not going to happen. The equation is for the Brewers to try to do their best to match Max Scherzer with their group of pitching and then hopefully get uh, a a well placed hit here or there and scratch across a few runs. Matt Pauley joining us. He has a pre and post game show for the Brewers on WTMJ Radio in Milwaukee. We will be sending you out to the NL Wild Card as soon as we are done here uh, this evening for the uh, one game playoff uh, between the Brewers and the Nationals tonight. And Matt, when you take a look at you know this lineup for the Brewers, they're really good. Obviously, angered by by Ryan Braun and Lorenzo Cain. But when Christian Yelich goes down on the outside looking in, you go, "Oh my God!" I mean, it's like it's curtains for for the Brewers. And from that point on, I mean, I I don't know if they caught a second win or rallied or whatever it was, but they have been so good since that point and really went in a direction maybe opposite what people would have expected. How has that happened for this team? I think first off they. It galvanized the team a bit, and the team had underachieved offensively. The talk around Milwaukee when the season got started was that this should be a top-two, top-three offense in the National League, and they didn't get anywhere close to that. After uh, Yelich went down, a lot of the guys on the team who had somewhat underachieved over the course of the season started getting back to being the players that they were expected to be before the season. So everybody lifted their game just a little bit, and I'm not going to lie to you guys, the schedule helped as well. I mean, they, they had some games against uh, St. Louis and Chicago, but you look at they they wrapped up the season with their last six series going Miami, then St. Louis, but then San Diego, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Colorado. They should be able to beat most of those teams uh, with the lineup they put together. So really the litmus test for the Brewers is now the postseason. What does this team look like without Christian Yelich? against better teams, and we're all going to find that out tonight and potentially uh, starting on Thursday in the Divisional Series if they can scratch out a win this evening. Josh Hader, the closer, one of the best closers in all of baseball. He, I know the last time these two teams played, he blew a lead in the bottom of the ninth inning, and then down the stretch here, he gave a big home run to Colorado that sort of put the Brewers in the situation. What do you expect his mentality to be coming in this series? I think he's fine. And, you know, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that game against Washington that was a game that went 14 innings, and the Brewers actually ended up winning that game. And you're right, he did blow the save, but he was in a really, really bad spot at that point in time. He was giving up home run after home run after home run, and he gave up that run, and it tied it up, and then he found it again. All of a sudden, just out of nowhere, after a few weeks, or probably two weeks of him not being able to pitch that well, after he gave up that run, he was really good the rest of that outing, and he was really good the rest of the season until... Uh, giving up that Saturday night home run against the Rockies. That's a that's a turning point game for the Brewers, that 14-inning game against the Nationals, because Josh Hader went from kind of leaking some water to being really good 
if you look at the home run that he gave up on Saturday night, it was a really good pitch. Uh, it was just a guy got the barrel on it and pushed it out at Coors Field. So I, that happens sometimes. I, I'm not worried about Josh Hader at all. I think he has been really good since that night in Washington. Matt, I, w- I want to ask you about just this, the matchup from the regular season when you talk about uh, the, the Brewers 4-2 and two against the Nationals over the course of the year. They swept them in Milwaukee, lost 2-3 of three in Washington. Does any of that matter in a one-and-done scenario like tonight? Probably not. Certainly that sweep in Milwaukee does not. I mean, this is the Nationals team that was double-digit games under five hundred. Uh, they were when when they got swept in Milwaukee. This is not the same national team. Uh, they're not that different from uh, the team that they played uh, there in uh, mid-August. So, uh, at the very least, I guess you can say the teams are somewhat similar to that time period. But the Brewers don't have Christian Yelich. I don't. In a one-game playoff, if they were playing a five-game series, maybe you could more look at that series in August. I mean, let's be honest about a one-game series. Anybody could win. You could put the Baltimore Orioles into a one-game playoff, and they would have a puncher's chance of winning. These one-game playoffs don't tell you anything about teams. They're great for fans because they're fun and they've got the Game 7 mentality, but anybody who walks out of a one-game playoff and tries to make a wide-ranging statement about a team based off their performance on the single game, I just I don't buy that, and I think it's a, it's a flawed way of looking at things. Washington Nationals, uh, obviously we talked about Max Scherzer, but Anthony Rendon has had, I mean, he's been great for a long time, but really a high watermark for him. How good has this guy been, and what kind of problem does he present to the Milwaukee Brewers tonight? He's been fantastic. I'm, you know, the the national narrative when talking about the National League MVP has been Yelich or Bellinger, and I would throw Anthony Rendon in there as well. I think it's a three-person race. Rendon's been very good. Uh, he finishes second, I believe, in the National League as far as batting average. Drives in a ton of runs. A guy that you can put in the middle of the order for the Nationals. And in a year where the Nationals lost Bryce Harper, they've got a guy step up and put up an MVP caliber numbers in Rendon. They've got a lot of other nice offensive players, don't get me wrong. But for him to put up that kind of season this year, I, I think it's a it says something about him beyond as a, just as a you know, from physically as a baseball player, but there's a lot of people questioning this Nationals team going into this year with the exit of, of Bryce Harper, and there you got a guy like Anthony Rendon who just puts together a career year. Matt Pauley joining us. He is the host of the Brewers pre- and post-game show on 620 WTMJ in Milwaukee. Last one for you. Do the impossible for us, Matt. Give us a prediction. What's going to happen here uh, This uh, here just coming up in a few minutes, the, this this game? What's going to happen? Oh, man. that's. Uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I, I, either team has a, has a shot at this one, but I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. We're going to see the Nationals obviously go with Scherzer. He's not going to pitch a complete game. I think they're going to go to the bullpen using both Corbin and Strasburg and uh, be able to match those guys in. And you're going to see the bullpen door for the Brewers open up a whole lot over the course of the night with maybe Jordan Lyles, maybe Brent Studer, maybe Josh Hader, maybe Drew Pomerantz, guys like that coming in. I don't know if I can make a prediction because I think it's a 50-50 sort of deal, but I would be shocked if more than six or seven runs between the two teams are scored in this game. Matt, we certainly appreciate it. At Matt Pauley on air on Twitter for all the Brew Crew folks out this way. You follow him and uh, and listen into the pre- and post-game show. It's October. It's the postseason. Matt, thanks so much. Enjoy the best time of year, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thanks for uh, having me on.
Absolutely. Matt Pauley getting it done. Nats Brewers tonight. 608 first pitch coming up, man. I am 20 minutes away here on ESPN Radio. Can't wait. Take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, what a just debacle Monday Night Football was last night. One of the worst games I've seen in my entire life, and uh, certainly this season in the NFL. Just awful. Get The Bengals should just be relegated. That's what we should do with them. Get them out of here. Uh, okay, but we're going to talk about it. Why? Because it's football. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, and continue to take your calls in the back and uh, following on Instagram to win tickets to the Grizzly Idaho State homecoming football game. So there you go. We'll get all of that stuff. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. Tomorrow, <coughs> excuse me, we will be putting out our second episode of the FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. Uh, looking forward to uh, putting this thing out there. we got a couple of guests on the uh, podcast uh, for this week. And uh, uh, we did fairly well, Coulter, you and I, this past week. So we'll go, we'll review our picks across the Big Sky Conference and across the nation uh, at the FCS level against the number and the over and unders. And it's, uh, you know, it's fun, man. Get in there and uh, banter a little bit about it. It is fun. I also think that when you're doing it against the spread and you're doing over over unders and stuff, it definitely adds a new element to it. I was going through some of my old notes. I always put pencil to paper and do a, a full Big Sky Conference prediction when I make my poll, and then I adjust it as the each week when I'm picking games. I, I've been picking games for a, a while now, but not against the spread, not with gambling or any sort of Vegas lines attached to it, yeah. or you know, as a lens to enter through. Just simply as a winner, just picking winners. And I'm batting about 800. That's different. It's different. <laughs> it's, different. different. it's way different. And yep. I think the other thing is, though, is you realize just how unpredictable the big sky is. I mean, some of those statistics that David, our producer, came up with, I mean, Northern Colorado was second to last in the country in scoring offense and dead last in scoring defense coming into that game. That's incredible. That's incredible. You're losing games on average, through four games, 45 to 10. How? Yes. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And then they win. <laughs> That's how unpredictable did, the big sky is. Did they win? Oh, man. That's, I mean, we could do a whole segment on this. It's uh, Colton Clark from the Lewistown Tribune. Uh, 
had a uh, Monday morning quarterback is his article, what he calls his little bit commentary about the Vandals. And he went through pretty much all the games in the last three years that the Vandals have blown when they've had three score leads under Paul Petrino. And it, it, it is a article that holds no punches. I would encourage people to read it. I cannot imagine what his next interview with Paul Petrino is going to be like. Because <laughs> Paul Petrino's, you know, well, he's a surly guy to say the least. Uh, anyways. And so if you go at him like that, I don't know. But it's a trend that I know has been blowing big leads for quite some time. Hey, look, Jacob Nabber, otherwise, you lose to Northern Colorado, who's 0-4? Mm, no. No, no, no. The, you, people can go at you at that point, even with a win over Eastern Washington. Uh, Coulter, speaking of... this uh, is That's a great example of what I'm always talking about, though. You go and beat Eastern Washington when they're the number 11 team in the country, if you lose Northern Colorado next week, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, and it's possible, as we've seen. It's possible, right, and that's what I'm saying. That's like, when you go beat UC Davis on the road, great. Congratulations if you're the Grizz. If you go lose to Idaho State, and Idaho State's better than Northern Colorado, make no mistake about that, but you go lose to Idaho State at home, there's no benefit. And again, the committee takes the bad losses into account more than the good wins. So if you go lose a bad game, it'll hurt you more and if you win a whole bunch of good ones. Um, I just wanted to mention about last night, that was as unwatchable an NFL football game as I have seen in a well, long time. Well, that's good to hear because I did not watch it. Even, even I didn't even look at it. Even the even like Baltimore-Miami week one in an absolute blood, a game that was never close, was at least interesting. This was unwatchable football. The offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals is as bad as I've seen an NFL offensive line in my life. This, and this, this is another thing that I'm always talking about. When you, Regardless of where you invest, when you decide to not invest, I mean, the Bengals had for real the best. I mean, there was an article in Sports Illustrated. Bengals had the same offensive line coach for 27 years, and there was a point where the Bengals had what most people considered the best offensive line in the AFC and maybe the best offensive line in the NFL. Andrew Whitworth is a Hall of Famer. They got rid of him. You know, they had the kid from uh, Alabama who was you know overweight when he first got in the league, and he kind of played himself in his shape. You know who I'm talking about? Andre Smith, uh, who was you know he was supposed to be the number one overall pick, and then he showed up to the combine really really fat, but he still was a guy that was in the first round. And then they got him into shape, and they, I mean they had I think three Pro Bowlers on that offensive line. They decided to stop investing in it. Look what happens. Yeah. You are you look like a laughing stock. That's the that's the easiest way to look bad in the NFL too is if you can't protect the passer because. Guess what? NFL teams do not care. Well, let me tell you it something. It is jailbreak. Say say what you want to say about Andy Dalton, but for him to stand in there and know that there is no chance that any football is getting out and just take hit after hit after hit and get up again and again. I actually my respect for Andy Dalton actually grew a little bit last night, but uh, it was an abs. I mean, the, the Steelers aren't great. They're 0-3. They don't have a quarterback. Mason Rudolph... I said I like Mason Rudolph. I don't like Mason Rudolph anymore after watching that game. He did not look good. They're running all kinds of college stuff, having running backs doing plus one run game. It's bad. In they Pittsburgh got a right leaky now. ship though, too, right now, man. They do. They have a leaky ship, and, and this they is, hammered the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, yeah, they they hammered them for sure. Twenty seven. The 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 Steelers though, it's going to be really fascinating because we talk. Mike Tomlin has been so great, but is Mike Tomlin actually great? Has he been steering the ship, or has he been navigating through dark waters? There's a difference, right? Mike Tomlin inherited what was the most stable ship in the NFL. When you get into the storm, how do you get yourself back out of it? And I don't know if he can do that. I just don't know if he's that type of coach. 
I mean, he was handed the keys, and then all of a sudden, I mean, then they had 15 straight winning seasons, and he deserves credit for that for sure. But when it goes bad, can he get it back out? And it's gone real bad for them. And I think that all the stuff that's coming out about Ben Roethlisberger and the fact that, you know, and he does deserve credit for keeping Antonio Brown in check to the very end because now we see full display how crazy Antonio Brown is. But I just want to know if Tomlin can actually steer them out of what is going to be probably a tough year for yeah, Pittsburgh. Well, I mean, it's 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 not looking good for the Pittsburgh for either of those teams. It's by the way looking very good for the Cleveland Browns. All of a sudden, at two tell Nuanas, one hundred and nine ESPN Radio, boys and girls. Thanks for being with us on a Tuesday afternoon. Enjoy. Game one of the MLB postseason, the Milwaukee Brewers at the Washington Nationals. We send you to the nation's capital to enjoy uh, the start of October. We'll see you tomorrow, ESPN Radio. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.